All right, hello everybody. Welcome everyone on social media. Welcome everybody here in the congregation. Uh, so glad you've joined us here today. Uh, as I said to you last week, uh, this will be the last message that I will preach in this building. Um, uh, we spent 23 years here in this facility and four years we started the church at Rockwood Summit High School just a mile or so up the road. Uh, it's 27 years total, four years in the school, 23 years uh, here and that's a good long time, that's a good long time. I think that that, that right there is a mark of success. Uh, when you start a church from absolutely having nothing from scratch and you can go 27 years, I think that's, uh, I, I think that's a good thing. That's a good long haul. That's better than 27 days or 27, 27 weeks or 27 months. So, so, uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, this message is really about, um, uh, well, let me just say this. It's, it, this is really part two. This is really part two of a message I began last week, and I titled that, Don't Let Jesus Pass You By, and if you missed it, you can go on our archives and get that. But this, this message today is really just kind of a, a story telling you how we got to where this is the last message that I'm preaching in, in the facility, and so I'm in this facility. And so, um, uh, so I'm titling this, Supernatural Openings and Closings, Supernatural openings and closings. You know God can supernaturally open a church like he did in Philippi. Remember Paul was in jail. He was in prison for doing something good for the Lord. and He was in prison with Silas, you know. And remember they were praying and singing hymns to God at midnight. There was an earthquake. Remember that? And, uh, and that jailer got saved and, and the, the, the Philippian church was started out, really started out of that, that, that miraculous thing that took place in that jail where all the prisoners, that earthquake shook the prison and everyone's chains were loosed. Remember that? And, 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 and that Philippian jailer, he was about to commit suicide. Remember that? And the power of God hit that. He was going to fall on his sword or whatever. And, 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 uh, the power of God hit that place and, and uh, he got saved and gave his life to the Lord and he became the pastor. He was a, a jailer, the head jailer. He became the pastor and out of that jail break, if you will, those, those uh, inmates became members of the church. And, and, uh, and so that's how the Philippian church got started is really out of a jail break, you know what I mean? And uh, the power of God hit it and, uh, and that's supernaturally starting a church, isn't it? And then, uh, so God can supernaturally open a church and he can just as supernaturally uh, close one down. And, uh, and, and an example of this is the, the church in Ephesus. And if you read Acts the 18th chapter and on in there, you can see how God supernaturally opened that church and got it going. But then if you read in the book of Revelation, the second chapter, uh, the Lord Jesus had a message for that church some years later. And he had much good to say about it at the beginning and, and said that they had good teaching, you know, essentially good, good doctor, sound doctrinally and all of that, following the Bible and everything. But it, but then he said, he warned them and he said, you've left your first love. And our first love is Jesus and our zeal for him. And they lost their first love and he said, he said, remember from where you've, you, you know, from where you've fallen from. And he said, repent. And get that fervent love for Jesus back. He said, and if you don't, he said, I'll come and remove your lampstand from its place. Now, you know, just saying that, folks really don't know what that means. But if you study into it, I'll put it in words everybody can understand. 
He, what he said there when he said, I'll remove your lampstand, what he was saying is, if you don't repent, I'm going to come and close your church down. And do you know what? They didn't ultimately repent. And many, many years later, Jesus did shut that church down. And he, he removed the lampstand. And, um, and so that brings us to Summit Church. And we had a supernatural opening 27 years ago. And uh, our, our church, Summit Church, started in our house over on Summit Hills Drive. And we started with a Bible study. And, and sometimes we'd have, you know, seven, eight people show up. The one night I think we had about 18 people show up. And I, I thought I was ready to be the next Billy Graham. You know, I thought, my goodness, our house had people sitting everywhere. And then the next week we had, we had uh, three people show up. And then it would vary. And the one night we didn't have anybody show up. And Diane and I went out and got a snow cone. And so, you know what I mean? And so and I preached to her while she ate the snow cone. But that's how the church started. And then the Lord spoke to my heart, I believe, and said, go down to Rockwood Summit High School and rent a room and teach my word, which we did. And thank God for my wife. Like, I just want to say if it wasn't for her, the church would have never got, this church would have never got started. Uh, you know, I'm real good at, I think, coming up with what God wants to do, but, but my wife is real good at seeing to it that I do it, you know, and, uh, and, and that we get it done. And so what a blessing she is. But we started there 27 years ago at Rockwood uh, uh, Summit High School. And the first week, I think we had 16 people. And the next week, we had eight people. I told the Lord, I said, we're going the wrong way. <laughs> and we, but then it started to grow. And, and uh, as it grew, we, we got up, I don't know, probably 150 people or so. And, and, and more were coming. And we were loading and unloading the sound equipment every you know Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and all of that. And it was we had a big trailer. And... And it was where we'd store it during the week and then we'd load it and unload it in the, in the building. And, and we'd have, you know, on Wednesday nights when we'd load and unload, we'd have cheerleaders come through and we'd have football players come through. And whenever they'd walk through, I'd stop preaching whatever I was preaching on, start telling them about Jesus, you know. And then, then I'd get, after they'd go through, then I'd go back to preaching my message and we got the janitor saved, you know. And, and, it, and, and anyway, so, but, but we needed our own place. We needed our own place and, and folks were getting worn out carrying the sound system them in and out. And, uh, and so we started looking everywhere. I mean, I was looking everywhere to find land, find a church. And I mean, looking everywhere. I was looking in Hillsboro. I was looking in, 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 I think in DeSoto. We were looking in, in Oakville and Melville. I mean, but if the Lord said, come to Fenton and, and do, you know, start in Fenton, why would he tell, why would we go? Then he move us somewhere else, you know. So, but we looked all around Fenton and there was just, there was nothing doing and, uh, nothing, couldn't find anything. And so I remember, um, I was getting very, I was very anxious and very, very burdened by it, not being able to find a place. And, uh, one of uh, our elder gentlemen back in that time, his name was Paul Fonts. He's in heaven now. But he came to me and he said, he said, Pastor Terry, he said, I, I feel like the Lord spoke to my heart. And, uh, he said, he said, stop looking. For a facility. He said, just stop looking. He said, this is what I feel the Lord's wanting me to tell you. He said, stop looking for a facility. Just stop. He said, it's right under your nose. He says, it's right under your nose. And you couldn't find it if you looked for it. But he said, when the time's right, the Lord said, I'll bring it to you. 
Now this property, you see the way it looks right now, but back there then it had a bunch of farmhouses on it. And it was overgrown and weeds and everything, you know. And it was just, it was, it was, it was a mess. And, and I drove by this every day, just, just about every day, you know. And, and, and just, and, and it was, think about it, it was right under our nose. But the Lord said it's right under your nose, but you couldn't find it if you looked for it. Now you think about that. And then he said, but when the time's right, I'll bring it to you. So I stopped looking and, and a few months went by and one Wednesday night up at the school, this, this fellow walks up, kind of like a farmer, kind of a, a guy looking, you know, you know, kind of, I think he had bib overalls on and whatnot. He came up and, and he got with one of our other uh, 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 leaders there and, and I didn't even know, but he came up and he said, he said, are you all uh, looking for any land to buy? Uh, he said, I've got some land right up the road I'm looking, looking to sell. And so the Lord brought it to me and it was this property here and we came. It, you see the supernatural, how God was moving in that. And then we bought the, long story short, we bought the, bought the ground. And, and, uh, and I found out later that this had been owned back in the early 1900s by the, they called him, I think, the buckboard preacher or the mule preacher or something like that. And he would get on a buckboard pulled by mules and he would travel all around this area preaching the gospel. And he dedicated this land back there then, back in the early 1900s, to the work of the Lord. And, and then it had a couple other owners, I think, in the meantime. And then, and then finally Summit Church came here. Isn't that wonderful? And, we built this supernaturally, uh, the help, help of the Lord. We were supposed to pay it off in uh, 20 years. We paid it off in seven years. Isn't that wonderful? Never had to make a pull for money. Never, never, I won't do that anyway. Never have done that. Just, just, just receive an offering, no pressure, and the money just rolled in. <laughs> we, God paid it all off, and, and uh, we've taught the Word of God here. Many, I think, have been helped, and many people healed. So many healing testimonies. You know, I've shared those with you over the many years, and, and just, uh, just a lot of good things that have happened here. And, uh, and that was a supernatural opening. But just as supernaturally as God opened Summit Christian Church, that's how supernaturally He is uh, closing it. Now, when I say closing it, I, you need to listen very carefully. He's closing it at this location. Did you hear me? Summit Church is not closing down. It's not dissolving. Pastor Diane and I are going to continue with it, just not at this location. The Lord shutting it down at this location. Now, before I go on and give you a brief little story of how we got to where this is my last message that I'm going to preach here. I want to say this, that I accept all responsibility for any mistakes that I've made over the years. If I could go back, I'd do some things differently. But wouldn't all of us? If we could go back in life and do some things differently. You never know. I might have done some things differently and it might have been worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, but I think we would all do that. And I'm certainly not without flaw. I'm certainly not without flaw. But you know one thing that I was thinking about this. One thing I feel best about over 27 years. It's similar to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He said, I've wronged no one. I've corrupted no one. I've cheated no one. And, and that means a lot to me because I feel that my wife and I can say that we've, we've wronged no one. We've corrupted no one. We've cheated no one. Uh, 
We've never took advantage of anyone financially or in any other way. And uh, now I've offended people over the years preaching the word of God. But Jesus, he preached, he, he is the word made flesh. He offended people, Amen. you know. And, uh, you know, people, I just want to say this. Folks have never really had any trouble with me outside of this pulpit, you know, talking to me at the door and are in my office or otherwise. But sometimes I get in this pulpit and I get to preaching and the anointing of God comes on me and, and we'll say some things that are pretty, you know, pretty bold. And sometimes folks have got their uh, feelings hurt with that. But, uh, uh, but it is what it is. At least I know that I did my best to teach the word of God. And, and we have stepped on some toes along the way. But I tell you what, if you go to a church and they're never stepping on your toes, the pastor's never stepping on your toes, you're in the wrong church. Because unless you get your toes stepped on, you're not going to be able to grow and improve. But if you keep a right heart when your toes... It, now, now, if the pastor's doing it himself, just being a, a, a creep and rude and crude, that's one thing. But if a pastor's teaching the Word of God and the Word of God's stepping on your toes, then, then you need to, to, to repent and flow with that. You know? And if you'll repent and flow with that, you'll be better off. You understand that? But a lot of folks, get, they get offended and they, they leave. And, but, uh, but, but I feel like my wife and I, we've wronged no one. We've cheated no one. And, uh, and, and I feel like I've taught the Word of God in an uncompromised way. And, and uh, I've made mistakes, certainly. But, uh, but, but I think overall we've done a, a fairly good job with, with teaching the Word of God and, and helping people. Um, but but, but to, to get how we got here, let, let me give you a backdrop, okay? Let me give you a backdrop. Uh, 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 and you need to know that this was going on behind the scenes. We have a changing uh, a backdrop of what was going on as I get into the specifics. But we live in a changing society. And what people are looking for in a church has dramatically changed over the past 15 years. The teaching and healing ministry is really not in vogue anymore. At least not what I see around in this area as it once was. Um, and, and, and that's sad. And I adapted. Now, now you know, Paul said, I, I became all things to all men that I might win some. And, you know, we need to adapt as ministers. We all need to adapt. And, and I tried my best to adapt to the changing society as much as I could. But, but there came a point where I could only adapt so much. And I refused to become like the world to draw the world. I, I just can't preach 30-minute feel-good messages every week. I, I, just, I, I can do it once in a while, but I just, I just can't do that. I usually teach about 45 minutes. I teach the Bible, and sometimes it's hip, hip, hoorah, and sometimes you get your toes stepped on. But that's just, that's just what, what, what I do. And, um, and, and I just can't tell people every service what they want to hear. I, I, I can do it sometimes, but I, just, I can't do it all the time. And if you don't realize it, that's kind of the society that you have going on out there now among a lot of, a lot of churches and things. And, and so, uh, uh, and you know, if you're telling people what they want to hear all the time, you're really not loving them. You understand that. And, uh, and I just couldn't make this church a place of complete comfort and non-offense. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, what the Lord gave me some years ago, he said, everyone is welcome. But no one should be comfortable if there's sin in their life, including me. Is that, is that good? Yes. See, everyone's welcome here at Summit Church. Everyone's welcome, absolutely. But no one should be comfortable if there's things in our lives that shouldn't be there, including me. 
And that, that first part, everybody likes. But that last part is part of the reason why this is the last message I'm preaching in this building. Because everyone wants to feel welcome, and that's good. But, but when a pastor gets up and starts teaching under the power of God, the Word of God, and starts stepping on people's toes, you know what I mean. I, I don't call people out and say, embarrass them. I'm not talking about that, but just generally, you know. Uh, preaching, you know, step on folks' toes. I, most times when I've stepped on people's toes, I'd say 99.99999% of the time, I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just up here minding my own business, teaching the Word of God. But everyone welcome. Does everyone agree with that? I mean, I, absolutely. But, but, but if you really want a church that's, that, that God is in, you don't want anybody comfortable, including the pastor, if there's things in our lives that shouldn't be there, you see. And, and so, and, and, and then again, I refused to put a coffee in a donut shop in the entry area. I mean, I mean, and we had a lot of donuts around here over the years. We, we ate a lot of donuts. I mean, we did. But I just, I just don't feel like a church ought to be a Krispy Kreme or a Starbucks. I mean, if you, if you want those things, there's Krispy Kreme, Starbucks around here. But you see, what it was all about is I re, we, we serve Jesus here at Summit Church, not donuts, you see. And, and so I, I like donuts. I like coffee. I like, well, I don't like coffee. I drink tea. But all these other things are just great. But, but the central focus when you come to church should not be about donuts and coffee. It, it should be about Jesus, you see. And, and when, I, when I took that stand, a lot of people left. They didn't like that. Over the years, they didn't like that. Because they want church to be more about a coffee shop and a donut shop. So many people do. You need to realize that. And, uh, and I refuse to change this church into a cruise ship atmosphere or an entertainment center. And it cost me people. One of the reasons that this is the last message I'm preaching here in this facility. And then on top of all of that, as years went on, our congregation began to age. You know, well, we're all aging, right? But did you know people... Beget, uh, certain types of people beget certain types of people. And so if you have, uh, if you have an older congregation and you get 20-somethings come in, they're not as likely to come back. Because when you walk in a room, do you know the first thing you start looking for? You start looking for yourself. You know what I mean by that? You start looking for people that are like you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like if you have a church of 20, 30-somethings and somebody that's 70 years old goes in there, they're not as likely to go back there, probably. They're going to look for a church that you know, has 60, 70-somethings. You understand that? Now, at one time, we kind of had ages all across the board, you know. And that's the best thing. But as years went on, our congregation aged. And so when young, younger people did come, they didn't likely, uh, maybe they just didn't like my message. But before they ever got to my message... You start looking, you do it too when you go in somewhere. You start looking around and, and, and seeing if there's people there that you can relate to. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's in the backdrop of what was going on. Had an aging our congregation, you know, uh, what a geriatric congregation. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Call it the Summit Hall. Call it the Summit Home. Summit Home, right? Sunnyside Summit Home instead of Summit Church. But anyway, but so, so we be, we're aging and, and, and all of that. And so young people, so you get it. And then, and then on something else, I just got to say this, and this may seem a little negative, but, it, but then we had the Donald Trump phenomenon come along. And, uh, and, and, I, and I voted for him. But I refused to worship him. And you may not be aware of this, but throughout the country, churches, pastors were having trouble with their, con their members of their congregation 
going way too far with Donald Trump. And, uh, and I voted for him, but I'm not going to worship him. And, uh, and, you know, I thought about this. Christians supported Ronald Reagan. Christians supported George W. Bush. But what I saw, and I've never seen, guys, I've never seen anything like this. But when, when that all was going on so, some time back, and by the way, it's still, still going on in the country. It's, it hasn't gone anywhere. But, but we need to be, if we want to be for a politician, that's fine. But let's don't deify them. And, and, and people say, came to me and said, well, we weren't deifying him. We were just for him. But when you can share Donald Trump on social media and you can't share about your church, there's something wrong there. Yeah. And, I, and, and I took that stand and I said, hey, we can be for Donald Trump, but let's don't, let's don't bow the knee to him. I made a statement one time from this pulpit and I said, you know what, I voted for Mr. Trump, but I don't agree with everything he does. And a lady called me on the phone and, and just went off on me. And she said, he's God's chosen, anointed servant. And how dare you say any, how dare you say that he could make a mistake? Now, dear friends, we got a problem. And it was a person that attended this church, her and her husband, for, for quite a long time. Now, you think about that. We can be for somebody, but you've got to be careful. And part of my job as a pastor is to, is to keep you from getting into idolatry. And I just did my job and I, and, I, and I spoke out against that. And I said, hey, be for him. Hey, I voted for him. We're not going to bow our knee to him. And, and, and he, he can miss it. Did you know that? And, but, but I tell you, when I said that, I mean, people just unhooked from me. You know, just unhooked and unhooked. You know what I mean? It cost me. But, you know, if I could go back and do it over, I'd do it again because I did my job. We need to be more zealous for Jesus than we are for Donald Trump Amen. or any politician or anyone else. The last prayer meeting we had in this building, I asked the people to pray for souls and, and the silence was deafening. I asked people to pray for Donald Trump and the vehemence was, people were vehemently and, and with all kinds of zeal and vigor praying for Donald Trump but couldn't pray for souls. I don't want to pastor a church like that. I don't want to pa pastor a church that, that puts more emphasis on Donald Trump than they do on souls. I'm just giving you the backdrop of why I'm, this is the last message I'm preaching in this building because people left me by the droves on that. And then, of course, I told you some of this would be a little, little bit negative, but, but I've got to tell you the whole truth of it. It's true. And... Uh, and then we had the COVID thing hit. And uh, I opted to, because you see, they weren't just shutting churches down. They shut down everything across the board. And I said, let's follow governmental rule, what the Bible says do. Let's do that for a while. Now, if they're just shutting churches down, now I'm going to stand up against that. But they shut everything down across the boards. And then you had the mask or not mask. And then when we came back from the COVID stuff, I had half the people wanted to wear masks and half the people didn't. And so I opted, to, I opted that, you know, if you, if you volunteer in the church, you have to wear a mask. And, and I tried to be reasonable on all of that. And only if you volunteered. And we tried to follow the rules. And I had people, you know, you're going to keep half the people on one side or the other. So that's the backdrop. And then before COVID, now, now with that having been said, let me go on for a few more moments here. I'm just trying to tell you why this is the last sermon we're having here in this building. 
Before COVID, in 2020, back in 2018, I could see where this church was headed, where it was declining. And in 2019, God, I feel God gave me a plan to, to an act that would avoid where we are right now. And it was a plan to reach out beyond the walls of this church like we did years ago. And what God wanted to do was revive the healing ministry in this area. And, uh, and, and we were to reach out as a church on social media and let people know about Summit Church and the healing ministry and the church as a whole. Not everybody, but I'd say 90% of the church said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go, we, we won't go on social media. You know, it's the easiest way to get the word out is social media. Back when we started the church, you'd have to go knock on doors or do mailings. But I said, let's go out on social media. And 90% of the people said, it's not my thing. I won't do that. I said, we want to tell people about Jesus and share the healing ministry and get that healing ministry revived. No, no, pastor, it's not me. I won't do it. No, 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 no. And in fact, this really goes back about 12 years before that time when I had my, all my leaders together. Diane and I were meeting with our department heads. You know, this was called to be a church of about 200 people. Do you know God calls different sized churches? You know why that is? God doesn't, you know, a lot of people think that unless you got 5,000 people coming, it's not a successful church. Do you know God doesn't call every church to be 5,000? He calls some churches to be 50. Some churches be 100. There's different sizes. You know why? Because everybody needs something a little bit different. Some people need that big, large church. There's other people that they go to big, large church. They, do, they get lost in the crowd. They need a smaller setting. This church was called to be a spirit-filled family church of about 200 people, give or take. That was, that's what God wanted right here. And we, and we, and we got that and had that for, for, for many years. But, uh, but we were meeting with our department heads about 12 years ago, and we had fallen off in attendance some, and I asked the department heads, I said, how many of you would like to grow back up, get up back around 200 people? And I went around the room. There's about 12 people in the room, department heads. No, 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 no. So you don't want to grow? No, no, no. We like it just the way it is. See, that's a social club, not a church, see? Like it just the way it is. And one person said, well, I'd like to grow just a little bit. And I said, so you want to stop growing one person short of your loved one getting saved? You think about that. And you see, that's not a good recipe for longevity when your leaders don't want to grow. But back to 2019, when I, now listen to this, when I saw that the Summit Church congregation as a whole was not going to follow what I'd received from the Lord about social media and going out on social media and sharing Jesus and the healing ministry, and I saw that they weren't, the church as a whole wasn't going to go along with that. I left the subject. I just abandoned the subject because that's just kind of my personality. I'm not going to push anything. And I abandoned the subject. Let's just go on. If you don't want to do social media, don't want to tell people that Jesus saves and heals and we'll just go on. And uh, right in the middle of one of my Sunday morning services, just, just much like this right here, the Spirit of God came on me. I, and, 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 and if that's foreign to you, then I'll just say it's just the Spirit of God just rose up on the inside of me. And I began to what the Bible calls prophesy. Speak by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God warned this church if it did not follow this plan of reaching out on social media and letting people know about Jesus and the healing, the healing ministry. That's what he was after, the healing ministry. So many people have been healed here of every bladder cancer, fibromyalgia, back problems, leg problems. 
All, I mean, I mean, cancer, every kind of thing you can imagine. The only thing I don't think we saw here had ears pop open. The only thing we didn't see was the blind. I never, I didn't see ever see a blind eye open, but I, I've seen all the other, the, all the other stuff. Man came one night on his crutches and left, jump, running around the room. One lady came, her back was just basically totally out, couldn't hardly walk. Power of God hit her, she's running around the room. Vivian, remember her? I mean, just again and again, one right after the other for all those years. And, but that healing power waned off because, because, uh, it wasn't being esteemed. And so, uh, the Lord wanted to revive that. But, uh, but, but anyway, the church wasn't going along with that. So the Spirit of God came on me and I prophesied and I, and, and, and I just, the Spirit of God warned us that, that we need to, to get to that. And if we didn't get to it, here's what he said. He said, uh, he said that he was going to remove the lampstand. Have we talked about that yeah. earlier? And uh, he was going to shut the church down at this location. And he, there'd be a chain, chains on the, on the door back there. That's what he said. And, uh, and still there was no repentance on part of the congregation. So listen to this. Near the end of 2019, the Holy Spirit moved upon my wife. And she did something I've never seen her do in all these years. I've known her a long time. But that same Holy Spirit moved upon her, standing right up there on that stage. And, and with tears and, and a broken heart, she prophesied by the Spirit of God and warned everyone, repent. Hey, let's reach out beyond these four walls with the gospel and the healing message. Let's go out on social media. And again, no repentance. And when there was no repentance after that, I watched something that I've never seen before. Just as God put his hand on this place and started it supernaturally, I watched him take his hand off and begin to close it down. And I've never seen anything like it in my life. And unless you're in my shoes watching it from my perspective, I tell you what, it's eerie, it's almost, it's almost scary to watch God take his hand off something, I mean at this location, and shut it down. And, and, and I've never, I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I could say much about that, but this one thing I want to say, as it pertains to visitors. Over 27 years, we've always had visitors. Now, maybe not every week, and maybe you'd go some weeks and you wouldn't see visitors, but we always had a steady stream of visitors. Now, they wouldn't always come back, but that's probably true of, of any church. But we had a steady stream of visitors over 27 years. Always. When God took his hand and, and off, he removed that lampstand of this church and he began to close it down, I didn't see one visitor after that. Not one. And that's unheard of. And, 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 and we moved up on Easter of this last year and you always have people come on Easter. Always. We always had, always had several, multiple, a lot, a lot of folks visit. And I, and I, and, and I, and I said to the Lord, I said, now, now, if, cause you know, I'm gonna watch this on Easter. Cause I'd watched him, he's closing it down. And you know, this last Easter, and I was, are we gonna have any visitors on Easter? Not one visitor. Not one. And then on top of that, you could say, well, that's all coincidental. Well, maybe it is, but I tell you what, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And on top of that, uh, the phone rang back here one day and Diane answered it. And there was a, there was a couple driving in their car up and down Hawkins Road. And now listen to this. They were looking for Summit Church. Now we do have a nice big sign out there, don't we? It'd be pretty hard to miss. Now listen to this. And my wife will, am I telling the truth here? She, she, she's shaking her head. Yes. 
they called in and they're looking for Summit Church and they cannot find it. Driving right up and down that road. Now, I don't know if, if God blinded. I don't know. But I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And uh, but finally, the Lord directed us to sell the facility. The Lord directed us to sell it. We're not selling it because we have to. You need to realize that. See, a lot of people don't realize that. We're selling this because this facility, we're selling it because the Lord directed us to. We don't have to sell it because we're in financial peril. We could go on for many, many, many more years from a financial standpoint. Absolutely the truth. We're not selling it because we have to. We're selling it because the Lord said to do it. I don't do things because I have to. I do things, I, I move it the direction of the Spirit of God. And he said to do it. And, and you know, it's, it's been amusing to me. People will, will, will come to us and say, Oh, we feel so sorry for you and Diane. Oh, you're closing your church. You're selling your church. Oh. You know what I mean? And it's, it amuses me. Don't feel sorry for Diane and I. We're doing just fine. Actually, if you want to know the truth about it, listen to this. We are now moving more toward the will of God for our life than we've ever than we've ever been in in the last 27 years. Absolutely the truth. So like I said, the church isn't closing down, just closing down here. It's not dissolving. We're moving on. Uh, and God's got something else for us to do. Absolutely. There's no question about it. So don't feel sorry for us. But we're selling this at the direction of the Lord. So we put the facility on the market. It's been on the market now six to seven months. Several churches looked at it. And businesses looked at it, were considering it. And one thing I learned that zoning, you know zoning is, is a big deal. If you're not zoned properly, it limits what the building can be used for. And it's worth. And all of that. But we had, we had several look at it. We even had the Muslims come through. I think about Star Trek. We even had the Romulans come through. We, we, we had the Muslims. You know, because you, you, and I didn't want them to come through because I don't, I, I, you know. But the realtor said, well, just, you, you know, you don't want to discriminate and we can get in trouble. So, okay. And they walked through. I was hoping the Holy Ghost would get off on them. And, and you know, when they walked through and, and lead them to Jesus, you know. But, uh, but you know what they said? They said that, <laughs> now we weren't going to sell it to them anyway. This church is going to uh, 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 preach Jesus. This land has been dedicated to the Lord and it's going to stay in the Lord's hands. You understand that? But they said they wouldn't buy the building because the front wasn't facing toward Mecca. <laughs> but they weren't going to get it anyway. But anyway, and then, and then, but the only contract that I got on it was, uh, was a serious contract and the lady wanted to buy it. She wanted to put a dog kennel here. Very serious contract and... But uh, we don't want our church to go to the dogs, do we? <laughs> and so, but that was, now listen to this, I'm almost finished, but that was the only thing that I had on the table. That was the only thing I had on the table after six months. But God, thank God for but God, but God showed up. And just as supernaturally as he showed up, remember with that uh, guy I told you earlier who came to me and said, don't worry, pastor, just, just relax. 
you couldn't find it. You couldn't find this where you're supposed to go if you looked for it, but it's right under your nose and I'll bring it to you when the time's right. How many remembers that? I just talked about it. Well, just as supernatural as that was, and I had nothing on the table except a contract from a dog company. There's a young man that I've known since he was in high school. He attended our church some 27 years ago for a brief period, but then he left to pastor his grandma's church across from Lindbergh High School. And my oldest son was like best friends with him for a good while. And he holds the same essentials of faith that we do concerning Jesus and the Bible. And about two years ago, he sold his grandma's church and he bought a little church up the road here. It's about a third the size of this one. It's a younger congregation. They're growing rapidly. And he buys that facility. It's just eighth of a mile up the road here. And in less than two years, it double, almost doubles in value. And they're out of room. And it doubled in value because a real estate developer wants to buy it. The same real estate developer that bought my mother's property some 15 years ago. And they're closing on it next spring. And so we've got a contract with them and they're going to purchase this facility next spring. And you say, well, wait, there's, you got between now and then. Well, they're going to lease it. In the meantime, and next week will be their first Sunday here. And that's why this is my last Sunday preaching here. And so we rejoice in that. You see how supernatural that is? And if their building hadn't, if their facility hadn't doubled in value, they couldn't purchase this. If that developer wasn't there. It's like my mother's property couldn't have sold 15 years ago without that certain developer. And we'd be in a little bit of a bind here. If it wasn't that for, for that certain developer, I told him, I said, every time we do a big deal, you're somewhere in the periphery. I told that developer, you know, kind of funny. So let me close by saying this. You know, the Apostle Paul's last words before uh, they chopped his head off and he went to heaven. Now, nobody's going to chop my head off. One day I will go to heaven because I know Jesus. But Paul said this. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. And so the time of my departure and my wife's departure here at this facility is at hand. And Paul talked about those who left him in a good way. This is in 2 Timothy 4. You can read it sometime. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. And then he talked about people who left him in a good way. And you know, over the years, I've had people leave me in a good way. You know, they move or they got to, you know, the Lord does direct them to go somewhere to another church. But then he talked about those who forsook him. And I've had the same thing. Some people, they attend here for years and then they leave and they won't even come into the office and look me in the eye. They just leave, they give, they leave a note on the desk. People who I've stood by their casket while their mother or their father was laying there and they served with me for years and they leave and they don't even say goodbye. They don't even walk in and look me in the eye. They just leave a note on the desk. 
Others, you don't even hear from at all. They just walk away. I'm talking to people that serve with you. So people forsook Paul, and any minister has this. He talked about those who did him much harm, and I've had a few people over the years do my wife and I much harm. Any minister is going to have that. And then he talked about some that he had to send away from him. I know when, we listened, when, when I told people that we, put the, we were going to put the church up for sale about six months ago, uh, I, and I directed folks, go out and find, find you another church. Start looking. And, uh, and some wanted to, but, but they were so loyal and faithful they didn't ultimately do it. And, there's, and I had to say to some, you know, hey, hey, go on, go ahead and go. Go ahead and go, it's fine. Just like Paul. But then he said, only Luke is with me. You think about that. Only one man that was right with him that never left him. And I had just a few of those Lukes that stayed with Diane and I right to the end. Now I did advise, go on out, go find another church. So if you did that, don't feel badly because you did what I asked you to do. It is troubling though when people go out and do that and they won't even come look you in the eye and tell you what they're doing. They just leave. These kinds of things really reveal about people, what kind of people they really are down deep. But he said, only Luke is with me. And I had a few of those Lukes. But then he said, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. And the Lord has stood with my wife and I and strengthened us. And then he said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And though it's not the end of my life, it's the end of my life here in this facility. And I feel like over the last 27 years, my wife and I have fought the good fight. We've, we've met a lot of wonderful, tremendously wonderful people. Great people. Good people. And I don't want to overemphasize the negative. I want to say that most of the people have been great and fantastic. But we all tend, I think, to remember negatives more than positives anyway, unfortunately. But lots of good people, lots of wonderful people. There are some people in this room that would take a bullet for me. Wonderful people. But I fought, my wife and I, we fought a good fight. And we finished our race here in this facility. And I believe we've kept the faith. And so God is finished with the work Diane and I and Summit Church have to do here at this location. He's reassigning us, just like that prophecy said, in this church elsewhere. He has something else for us to do. And you know, he laid traveling on my heart many decades ago, and I never did it. Then about 15 years ago, my pastor attended this church for several months before he moved to Florida, and he confirmed that. And the Holy Spirit's been testifying again and again to me through various people and various ways over the years and even recently that apparently there's some sort of traveling ministry out of Summit Church that the Lord's going to have us do. I don't know all the details of that yet. And all of this I've shared today, if you look at it another way, it seems perhaps this is the only way God could get me to leave this location. 
Again, Summit Church is not closing. It's not dissolving. It's just closing at this location. And we'll continue next week. And I'll be online here teaching a message next week. I just won't be in this facility. You say, where will you be? I'll be in an undisclosed location. Like Dick Cheney after... I'll be with Dick Cheney in a, in a cave somewhere. <laughs> but Summit Church will continue on. Diane and I will continue on. <laughs> and I have no idea. You say, you know, do you have any idea what, what it's all going to entail? I don't have the first clue. Just like when we started this church years ago and people asked, How's it, how are you going to start it? How are you going to do it? How you? I don't have the first clue. But we did it, praise God. And when you're walking by faith, God won't tell you the whole thing. He'll just tell you, head off in that direction. Right. Exactly. And, and we did, and look, here we are. And now, he's, now it's a new time and a new direction, and we head off that way. Right. By faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, I know I've gone on a little long. But I think I, I, think I should be afforded that on a day like this. Amen. Amen. And it's not the first time. I preached long, but I guess it'll be the last time. <laughs> and the nice thing is we move forward. If you don't like me preaching long, all you got to do is, uh, is just click, just like that one lady said. There she says, God bless you. When we first started on social media, she said, Pastor, she said, all those years you get to preaching so fast. And she said, I can't follow you. But now I'm watching you online. You get to going too fast. I've just hit pause. I back you up, listen to it again. And, and, uh, and if I can't, if you're going too long, I just put you on pause and finish it later. Amen. So, so there's some good things. So anyway, I, I wanted to share with anyone watching that that's how we got here and, uh, and I think Diane and I now are going to be separated to the work that God really did call us to do ultimately anyway. You know, Paul was trained for many years. He was trained for many years. And then God spoke up in that, in that one church service and said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I've called them. And so I don't, I've never felt in my heart that pastoring a church and doing this was ultimately what God wanted me to do. And so I think we're going to move on out into that now. So I just covered your prayers. I ask you to pray for us as we move forward. Now, we're going to go off social media, and then we're going to have a little brief ceremony here, and then we'll be dismissed. So if you're out there and you're watching and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there is a heaven to gain, there is a hell to shun. And the only way to miss hell and make heaven is you have to repent of your sins, and you have to cry out to the Lord Jesus and really mean it. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So do that right now and you'll be glad you did and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Thanks for listening to me today and we'll see you next week from that undisclosed location. God bless you. Bye-bye.